hope you're tucked in. Cause you are now in bed with Dr. Sue. Hello, Kingsters. It's Dr. Sue, back again with another Summer of Domination show. This time, bringing you the incredible Mistress Zola Ray. Now, what makes Zola so special is her unique blend of intelligence, beauty, and her merciless personality. What you get with Zola is a woman who knows the submissive mind so much that all those subtle nuances that you search for in sessions come naturally to her. I'll warn you ahead of time, we do get off topic. However, I actually think you'll find way more insight into someone when you discuss current events. And we did. The Charleston Church Massacre is what brought us to such issues as gun control, mental health, PTSD, therapy. So all in all, it's a very insightful look at the wonder that is Mistress Zola Ray. Oh, and she doesn't even know this, but this interview was a request by a sub who didn't know I'd already talked to her. So see, Zola, you have fans you don't even know of yet. I'll be right back with Mistress Zola Ray right after this. Maxim Magazine calls it one of the 100 things to do before you die. The Los Angeles Times calls it the mother of all Halloween blowouts. Saturday, October 31st, Halloween night at the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas. It's the 20th anniversary of the fetish and fantasy Halloween Ball. That's right, fellow freaks. The fetish and fantasy Halloween Ball is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year, and the insanity will be mind-blowing. Three giant rooms on two levels provide you with six hours of erotic intensity and entertainment, featuring the Psycho Circus, Phantom's Lair, the Red Room of Pleasure, and the Human Zoo, along with the hottest DJs in Vegas and LA burning up the dance floor. And don't miss the Lifestyles Expo where you can pick up all your kinky toys and meet some of the sexiest folks in fetish. The 20th anniversary of the Fetish and Fantasy Halloween Ball is going to be huge, and I've scored you a discount on your tickets. Simply go to wanttickets.com backslash rubber to save $10 on each general admission ticket you buy. Get your tickets now, because the price goes up the closer it gets to Halloween. Right now is the best time to buy. Go to wanttickets.com backslash rubber and enter the promo code rubber to get your discount. And don't forget to grab your VIP tickets for even more freaky fun while you're there. That's wanttickets.com backslash rubber and enter the promo code rubber. The 20th anniversary of the fetish and fantasy Halloween ball at the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas. Halloween night. Join me. I dare you. (laughs) And now here is Mistress Zola Ray. You guys again, once again, very, very lucky because I was able to nab Zola. Mistress Zola is back in the game, my friends, and I can't be more thrilled to not only have her back, but have her on the show, especially for the Summer Domination Series. So, Zola, yay, you're back. I'm back. (laughs) She's back, bitches. I'm totally back. 
You were gone for a year. Where did you go? I took a year off um, because I actually met somebody and got engaged. <gasps> no way! Are you still engaged or are they gone? No, I'm still engaged. I'm getting... <gasps> Yay! Yeah, I'm getting married November 6th. That's fabulous. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm thrilled for you. Thank you. I'm so excited. That's so amazing, and I'm so glad that you found love on your year off. And so why come back? Because my future hubby is amazing and totally knows how dominant I am and 100% supports my work. So he encouraged you to come back? Absolutely. Oh, we love him. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. So listen, this is mostly for... People getting to know you, obviously, if people don't know you, you've been away for a while, especially, so this is perfect. A lot of the girls that I've interviewed have said that they've known they were dominant since they were kids. Oh, for sure. Oh, like, same thing? You, you've, you've felt it ever since you were little? Oh, absolutely. What were you like? Um, You know, and it's funny because I was actually a tomboy, but I always had a way with words or a way with doing things or or just the air about me that was always more dominant than the boys themselves. I always won at all the games. Um, (laughs) (laughs) On purpose, too, right? Oh, of course, because I'm super competitive as well. (laughs) But, um, you know, no, seriously, even uh, into my teenage years, you know, when I became more girly and more feminine, I always had a way about me that boys would just buy me stuff. And, like, even in high school and everything, a lot of girls were like, well, how are you doing this? And I was like, well, I didn't really know. So you were just kind of, it's almost, you knew you were tough and you knew you were dominant, but you didn't know what you were doing. Right. It was just the air about you. You just, you know, you had a specific way of of going about your day and doing things and speaking to people that, all of a sudden, like, you would actually, you'd, like, I had people worship me in high school, and I thought it was strange how addicted they were to me, but now that I look back on it, it was like, oh, well, it's because I was very dominant, and I knew exactly what I wanted, and I knew how to convey it. So you were already manipulating guys, even though you didn't know you were manipulating oh, guys. Oh, since elementary school. I got everybody's milk money. <laughs> everybody's milk money. Oh, <laughs> And you didn't even have to beat them up to do no, it. No, I didn't. They just forked it over like good subbies do. <laughs> oh, I love that. So when did you put a name to it? Like, when did you go, I'm dominant, this is what I'm going to do for a living? Uh, 17. Oh, that, that was quick. Oh, yeah. What what happened at 17? Uh, I actually had a very minimal abusive relationship. He hit me once, and I beat the crap out of him. And I realized... <laughs> I realized, like, I actually really enjoyed that. (laughs) That's hilarious. So, okay, beat the crap out of him. I've been beating men since. (laughs) But when did you know that there was a word for it and it was like, this is what I'm going to be? Well, at 17, because you have to realize I'm 38, we're going back when not everybody had a computer at home. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. So it would have been harder for you to go... Oh, maybe I'm a dominatrix. Right, but the thing is, though, is I had known people in my area that did things like that, that had kink and things like that, and I actually went to this woman and said, listen, this happened to me. Do I qualify? And she said, yeah, come back to me when you're 18. I'll start your training. And is that what you did? You I went back and got absolutely did. <laughs> so did you work in a dungeon for a while? I did. I absolutely did. It was. So- did you like that? Oh, I have my own now. Oh, yay. Yeah. So you're doing, you're actually doing pro-dom sessions. Oh, yeah, real time um, and oh. online as well. So I absolutely love it. And it's, it's like the best. 
So where are you working out of? Like, if anyone wants to have a session with you, what area are you in? I am in western New York. I don't give my specific city until somebody contacts me nope. and I have, you know, conversations for my own safety because mm-hmm. I've had stalkers, people. It happens. <laughs> oh, it, it happens to everybody. It just, it is part of the game. It's when you put yourself out there, you're going to get the freaks. It just, it happens. Absolutely. Exposure is a good thing. Too much exposure can be a great thing, but you get you get the issues with the great things. So if you're in the western New York area at any time, you can get in touch with Zola and definitely go and get a real-time session with her for sure. What is the worst thing that's ever been asked of you? In other words, what has a sub said to you that you were just like, are you kidding me? Uh, marriage proposals, mostly. <laughs> uh, no, I'm seriously, like, you know, and very little amounts of money a month as an allowance. And I'm like, really? Do you have a death wish? <laughs> I, Some of them do. I better be the beneficiary, though. <laughs> so marriage proposals. Holy crap. That's unreal. Well, it's not even, it's more of a marriage contract. Like, they want the cuckolding and, and the whole uh, fantasy. But to me, you know, I can do that. And it's better role play because you're not actually confined to the person because honestly, what if you did get married to your dominatrix and they weren't exactly what you had hoped for? Oh, absolutely. You don't, yeah. Like, that's clearly fantasy only. Right. It's also very clearly well done for cuckolding. And now that you're engaged, your cuckolding's going to take right off. Exactly. So what do you do when you're not working? What do you do to chill? What do I do to chill? Actually, I do read a lot and basically hone my craft. I think that even being a dominatrix, there's things you can learn constantly. So you can you're just sitting there constantly learning about the game. Actually, a lot of the girls have said that that you know you have to stay up on what the latest thing is. You know, things change, kinks change, new kinks pop up that you're like, oh, okay, that wasn't there last week. Well, sometimes kinks change for the worse because I have noticed a lot of dominatrixes shedding clothing. Oh, honey, since you've been gone, it's all gone to hell. <laughs> I, you know... No, it seriously has. It's just gone to hell in a handbasket. After this Fifty Shades of Grey, and I literally had to force myself to watch the entire movie because it was so off base of what actual dominatrixes do. And I just, it's so insane. I I just can't even believe so much tits and asses in the game right now. (laughs) There is a lot of goodie showing, I think, what it is a lot of people... Because financial domination has become so prevalent now, everyone and their brother thinks that, or everyone and their sister thinks that they can become a financial dom and figure that the best way to do that is by showing a goodies. And as we all know, it's not really the best way to do it. And it's clearly, in my view, because in my opinion, I'm not saying that you want you want to go and do that. That's fine. I'm not, you know, everybody's got their own thing. But... In my estimation or my view, my opinion, that is not domination. If you're showing your goodies, you're not dominating. That's a cam girl. Yeah. And a sub will realize that there is no substance there eventually. Well, the thing is, it's it's most of the girls who are doing that don't understand what domination is. And that it was just something that they see. Oh, this bitch is making a whole bunch of money. I'm going to go to it. And a lot of the girls don't realize that it's actually work. You, oh, big time. you have to know what you're doing. 
And if you're new, there's nothing wrong with being new, but educate yourselves, ladies. It is not as easy as it looks. <laughs> well, and I mean, even you, you've been gone for a year. You're now having to catch up with everything, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I still have subs that I have kept in contact with that have come back. But the issue is when you come back after a year, you're almost starting over. So it is oh, difficult. Absolutely. It is difficult. It is. Yes, absolutely. You are now back at square one, starting right from the very beginning. I can see that. Yep. Because nobody's loyal, or very few. Oh, no. Subs are like a puppy, and they think that every dominatrix has a better bone. And they don't. That's the thing is, it's so important, and I'm always saying this to you guys. There's a reason why you see the same names out there. It's because they're good. The ones who are flash in the pan, who are just there for a little while, they're going to be here today, gone tomorrow. And those are usually the girls who are showing their goodies, who are just kind of in it for the quick grab of the money. They, they're they not looking at it as a business. Right. And another thing I've noticed, too, is when you actually need the money, it can become an issue because your DS relationship will suffer. Mm-hmm. Try not to be needy if it's because you're not working or certain things going on in your personal life. Postpone it. Wait until you are more stable, then start because your relationships are more enriched with your subs. And it, it, it'll show through. The desperation shows through. You actually will find the women will become the ones who get really, really desperate for money are the ones who are getting catty and stabbing the other girls in the back and trying to take their clients. And it's just like, if you just give it some patience and get out of that mindset of lack, which is, oh, my God, I have no, what am I going to do? i got to pay this bill. Okay, you got to pull yourself out of that mindset because at that point you're not going to get anywhere. Exactly. Because now you're pushing against the universe. It just it doesn't work. You're better to just go, not a problem. The money's coming. Focus on your marketing, focus on your business, don't focus on what everybody else is doing. And a lot of us do work vanilla jobs. Are you doing that? I do. I work my vanilla job. Um, I'm actually on lunch right now. So, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great because I get the best of both worlds and I get to work at home, which is fabulous. So I can spend time even if I'm at work with my subs, because what I do is super easy. Unfortunately, <laughs> I do like a challenge, but um, yeah. So even when I'm at work, I am also talking to my subs. So that affords you the ability to be both an entrepreneur and work for someone else, which does take a little bit of the pressure off when it comes to money, right? Well, and that is what I'm saying. Like, don't, Try not to be needy. If you do need something, try to figure another way of doing it because putting that pressure even on your sub makes them feel the issue as well, and that makes your relationship suffer. Well, because at that point you're not dominant, you're desperate. Exactly. And there's a difference between the two D words because your desperation comes through, and that's when you end up doing things like, oh, well, but what do I want to see your tits? Well, fuck, I need the money. Okay, here. Now you've just lowered yourself. And I'm not saying that cam girls are low. No, I say no, that all the time. All, exactly. But from a dominant standpoint, if you're going to take a dominant stance, it's like the big debate over should you have sex with a sub? I say nay. Exactly. Never. I never Because do. you lose the dynamic of DNS if you do. And I, it just, it always happens. At that point, you've leveled the playing field. So to me, the minute you flash your tits at somebody, you've now just leveled the playing field. As a matter of fact, you've just flipped it and put him in a position of power. Exactly. You just became a switch. And my thing is, it's like even bartering to me, like 
I, it's disgusting. It's like, I think it's really? Disgusting. You're okay. I gave you a set amount of what the session is going to cost. You're not going mm-hmm. to tell me what you're going to pay. I don't need you that much. Goodbye. <laughs> I was talking with a with a young lady yesterday who ran into the exact same thing, exactly what happened, and it was, can you lower your phone rate? And I told her, you never lower your rate. Let me let me qualify that. If you've known the person for years and years and years, and you know that they're going through a hard time, that's up to you, because usually you become friends with your subs. Right. But if someone's coming out of the gate and going, well, if you lower your rate, I'll come back. What you're doing when you lower your rate is you're lowering your own value. That's the problem. And a lot of dominatrixes I've seen since I've been back for about, I don't know, I would say about six weeks now, I've seen so many things that make me cringe because I'm like, no, and I want to mother all these girls. Mm -hmm. I want to tell them, listen, don't do this because you're lowering your standards of what your potential could be. I used to get really upset when I had the sex shop because I actually had people come in and try to barter a dildo. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Do you walk into Walmart and barter? It doesn't happen. This is a retail store. The price is what the price is. Don't come in and go, okay, well, I'll only give you five bucks for it. I found that insulting even then. I'm like, are you kidding me? Let alone if you're in a DNS position and a sub is going, lower your rate. Okay, well, if you're that broke, move on to the next one and just phone a phone sex girl. I mean, their their rates are usually fairly low. Exactly. And I have nothing against women showing their parts. I have nothing against cam girls. I have nothing against brand new doms because, hell, we all started new. My issue is don't lower your self-worth because you need that amount for that time. If you do that, you're setting precedence for every other sub to come along and take advantage of you. And they will try it, as we all know. They all try it. I'm not saying that they're not going to try it. And a lot of times, okay, a lot of times for some of these guys, because some of them aren't fully submissive, and sometimes it becomes a game. Let's see what we can get the bitch to do. Right. Let's see if we can see. Let's just see how dominant she is. Exactly. Once you lower that rate, they're gone. Well, not only that, though, but it does affect your reputation, ladies. It does. It absolutely does because there are forums and web pages nowadays that did not exist when I first started. There is so many different things that these men actually talk to each other and they know who you are and how to get around your fees. They have support groups for all the little subs that get together and they all whine together. Exactly. It's so cute. <laughs> oh, it's like a pig fest. It's so, it is. It's like a just a, an adorable little, oh, oh, you go right ahead. You just all whine all you want. It's not going to change anything. Exactly. What do you think of female supremacy? I think that it's absolutely awesome and a necessity. You believe in it? Do you think you are a female supremacist? A hundred percent. And you do realize that me- that means that every single woman on this planet is better than everyone else? Every single woman on this planet is better than everybody, period. Wow, you're good. I think... I, can't, I don't subscribe to that. I can't. Really? You can't? Yeah, I cannot do it, simply because I've seen the behavior of women. Now, I agree there, because women can be catty. Women are disgusting to one another. And if we were to go, okay, from now on... All men don't get to do anything unless women tell them what to do. It would be chaos. Sorry. Sorry, ladies. It would. Because most of you, and I, you can come at me all you want, most of you are nasty-ass bitches. If I, if I were to put some of these women in positions of power, no way. I, I can't do it. 
I think it comes with age, though. I think that if you really do believe in supremacy of the female and that you're adult enough to realize that women are catty and you don't subscribe to the drama, you're in a better position for your life. It's better to mind your own business. Exactly. (laughs) I don't care what the neighbors do. And I think that's more the way I am. I can't subscribe to female supremacy. Do I think women are genetically better? Yes. I can give you a ton of reasons why I think that. And there's tons of reasons why I think women would be better. Like, hello, Hillary, 2016, I'm behind that 100%. I think they are better leaders, depending on who they are. But for me to say every single woman on this planet is better than everyone else, I can't do it. I don't think better than anyone else. I, in my head, think better than men, because men can be just as catty as women. Oh, very much. (laughs) Especially submissive men. (laughs) Absolutely. Especially sissies. Sometimes they have more drama than other women I know. (laughs) What kinks do you indulge in if someone's coming to you for the first time? What's the sort of, like, what do you do? What do you not do? The only thing I don't do right now is infantilism. I do everything. So you're doing um, scat play, anything like that? Absolutely. Okay, so the only thing that's off the board is doing anything adult baby. I don't do anybody else's crap but my own. So just know you're not going to mother someone. No, no, not at all. Nope. I don't even have kids of my own. I'm not going to mother somebody else. (laughs) Are you going to have kids? Yeah. I really want one. Do you? I do. Are you going to do it? I'm hoping so. I mean, I'm 38 right now, so this would have to happen, like, maybe before the wedding. <laughs> so, but when people ask, I mean, we're already planning, so it's not because I'm pregnant. <laughs> okay. You know, but I might be. I don't know. Who knows? And if it's a girl? I would hope that she takes after mom. And if it's a boy? I would hope she takes after dad. And you're going to teach him to be very respectful of women. Absolutely. So you're doing absolutely anything... Uh, yeah, the, med- the, the medical play is very limited. Like, blood play is very limited. I do that do just it. Because the facilities, like, you don't have... Oh, no, I have I have the safety. perfect setup. But the, the my issue is, is safety. I do um, require gloves and testing. Um, if you're coming in for medical play, you must have testing done within the month, and I want to see it. I'm very strict when it comes to things like this because my dungeon is clean. I expect my subs to be cleaner. What's your biggest pet peeve when it comes to submissives? You know, there's quite a few, actually. The way they are now, a lot of these young subs have watched Fifty Shades of Grey and assumed that dominatrixes have sex with them. Mm -hmm. So they actually think we're prostitutes. I had to force myself to watch Fifty Shades of Grey. I forced myself to because the movie was so off-base as to what I believe the domination world to be. And, and it, I think it's it's very sugar-coated, and it was meant to be that way. It was meant to be a romance. It was the way that it was written, and it was, you know, if you take it, if you're looking at it as a representation of BDSM, it's not. No. It's simply a romance novel more than anything else. It was a series of novels that could have been whittled down into one instead of three. But, you know, whatever. It did its thing. It, you know... Got a lot of panties wet all over the world, but, you know, that's about it. But now you have male young submissives who honestly believe that dominatrixes are basically prostitutes. Have you had requests for that? Absolutely. Really? Oh, for sure. And that bothers me because this is not what this world is actually like. There's one thing, though. I'm going to qualify that when I say that when it comes to male doms, They will. Oh, absolutely. Male doms do do that. They do sleep with their submissives. Female dominatrixes do not. 
normally. There are some who do. Stop. I, and like I said, I disagree with it. But again, everybody's going to have their own thing, their own style, their own way of doing it. I just don't agree with it because, again, to me, it levels the playing field. Why would you do that? Well, back when I first started, it was like the biggest taboo. You never slept with subs. That was like the one lesson that was drilled into your head during training. You don't sleep with mm-hmm. subs. You don't sleep with subs. You don't sleep with subs. And nowadays, a lot of the substance of training and what you should and shouldn't do, they're coherent. They're going together now. People are sleeping with their subs. They're showing themselves naked. And in my day, it was like you dressed provocatively to entice the sensualization of the session, but you didn't go further than that. Well, it should be a seduction. Right. It is a dance. And it's so easy to go on the Internet and see a naked chick. So that was the whole basis of female domination. And actually, when you look at female domination in the law, that's where a lot of the law has been running up against a brick wall in the sense of um, people being charged with running running a common body house. And no, it's not B-O-D-Y, it's B-A-W-D-Y. When you're charged with that, it's because they're assuming that you are actually running some form of prostitution and that you're having sex with your subs and that nothing could be further from the truth. Right. And even so to- pegging now is considered a sex act. So there's a lot of different things that have become illegal that were not illegal before. If you do make a request and a dom says, well, you know, we can't do that anymore, that's the reason why. Right, because it becomes illegal, and especially if you're taking money for it, you are a sex worker. And it's unfortunate. And, um, there's been some cases here in Canada. There's been a couple of cases in the States, again, where everything has been thrown onto the table, and they're like, well, no, you're a prostitute. No, we're not. Exactly. And it is a very tough legal stance to, to be in when you're charged. So it's just better not to do it, especially if you're, I mean, if you're having real-time sessions, you shouldn't be doing it. Guys are going to try, just like we said, guys will try to push the limit. They always have. They will try to do it. Always have, always will. Subs will never change. Exactly. <laughs> when you are working with submissive males and even submissive females, it doesn't really make any difference. You've got to look at it like raising a child, which sounds ridiculous, but it's true. Oh, it is true. So would you... You know, you're chastising them the same way. You're you're essentially a gigantic mom. Right. And when you look at it that way, would you have sex with your kid? Ew. Exactly. Like, why would you do that? It doesn't make sense. And uh, the other thing is, it's not just that it levels the playing field. To me, you've now taken away from that submissive's experience. Oh, he's going to love the fact that he just got off. No, he's going to tell all his friends, dude, I nailed it, Dom. And it's not even just that. It's that if you look at it from a client perspective, this person's coming to you, they're paying you for a service. Okay, that's fine. But you're taking away from the submissive's experience as a submissive if you level that playing field. Absolutely. So to me, if someone's handing me 300 bucks an hour or whatever, if you level the playing field, now he's not getting his submissive experience that he should be. So essentially, you've just screwed the whole thing up. Exactly. How do you think you're different from all the other doms out there? I don't know. I think I'm more hardcore because I don't take any shit. <laughs> so you're not nice. I, I'm sweet when I'm chit-chatting, and I I love when you get those, you know, like on Twitter, IMs or whatever, you get the submissives who think they're smarter than you. Could you mm-hmm. describe a session for me? Uh, no, because you're not going to spank bank my sessions. <laughs> well, on top of the fact that, well, yeah, because we know what you're doing when you do that. Hello. But the other thing is each session 
is going to be completely different from the session prior. So for someone to go, well, what's an average session like? That's going to depend on the sub that's standing standing in front of me. Well, and not only that, is I have a questionnaire. I want to know what your fetishes are, what you expect out of the session, what you envision it to be like so that I get a better understanding of what you're about. And therefore, your experience with that dom is going to be more fulfilling. Exactly. Because, you, you know, and if doms don't ask this question, volunteer that information because a lot of new dominatrixes don't know to ask. They just want the money, 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 but then you're not going to be fulfilled as a sub. It's okay to volunteer information and tell us what your fetishes are. We're not going to kill you for it. No, it, it has to be done. And I think some women get upset when a guy calls up with a, or, or sends an email with a laundry list. First of all, if you're doing real-time sessions, you need that laundry Absolutely. list. Absolutely. That laundry list should be mandatory. You should be sitting down and discussing what it is that you're going to be doing. And the other thing is... I've heard, because I get all the complaints, you guys. I get the guys coming to me going, oh, I hate this, and oh, I hate that. Big, big pet peeve of subs is going to a pro dom, going for a real-time session, and the session goes her way, not his. Now, I know you guys are going to sit there and go, well, fuck, that's the whole point. Nay, he is coming to you for a specific thing, okay? What if he's not into pain and you start using, you know, a riding crop on him? Now you've just completely ruined that whole experience for him. This is not, believe it or not... When you start exchanging money, it's no longer all about you. You're offering a service. That's right. And it's just like any other service. You have to be fulfilled when you leave. Otherwise, they're not going to come back. And you want to shoot yourself in the foot, that's fine. You can go right ahead. I'm sure there's plenty of other pro-doms out there that are happy to take your clients. But if you're going to do this for real, exactly. You want the longevity. You want the same subs who come back over and over again. Because then you have a strong deeds relationship. You get to know the sub. You get to know their likes, their dislikes. Um, and then that's when a dom can actually start experimenting. Like they, they say they don't like pain. If they don't like pain, you can actually set aside an extra half an hour at the end of the session. Because I've had clients who say, I never thought I would like that. And I actually did. That's when you offer your strong safe words and things like that. You know, And, and you can experiment if they would like to experiment with you. It is a learning experience. For everybody. Exactly. Because you're learning that sub. The sub is learning you. You're learning the sub at the same time. Exactly. Let's go into some fun stuff. What do you like to watch on TV? Oh, I am so addicted to the Orange is New Black right now. Who's your fave? Oh, I don't have a favorite. And actually, if I did, (laughs) I think it would be Red because she's just so badass. It's hilarious. Is that Ruby? I think it is. Um, the The old chef. She doesn't cook anymore, but she... Oh, her. Okay. Yeah, okay, Red. Okay, I know what you're talking she's about. The, yeah, she's yeah. the older lady. She's awesome. I thought she was so badass in the first two seasons. She's just so funny. So what's your favorite music? If you get to sit down and listen to something, what is it? Honestly, everything but rap and country. I listen to classical when I eat because it helps digestion. I mm-hmm. um, love 70s music, Doors, Janis Joplin. Um, I'm, I'm so into all that stuff, Journey. And then the 80s, like Blue Oyster Cult, things like that. Yeah, I totally jammed to stuff. What about your favorite fast food? Honestly, I don't really eat fast food, but if I... Good girl. If I have to eat fast food, and this is no joke, like if I'm in a hurry or I start getting shaky because I'm out all day doing errands, I'll get Wendy's Chili. Wendy's chili. Wendy's okay. chili or Wegman's sushi. Chili or sushi, but yeah. no burgers and fries. No, I, I uh, rarely eat burgers anymore, things like that. I totally cleaned up my, uh, not organic eating, but a lot more healthy. What turns you on? 
a lot of different things. My fiance turns me on because he's just so sweet and completely amazing. His mama did a great job raising this boy. So is he? Do you think he's submissive? What do you? What What is he considered? I would say he's a switch. He's a mix between dominant and submissive. The best. Absolutely. You get the best of both worlds, you know? And I like a man, because, okay, being a dominatrix, we all know how hard it is to find a guy who's actually not submissive enough to, you know. Too wimpy, yeah. And then you want, there's times when you want a real man. And he's not scared to grab my ass in public. I love it. (laughs) But, gentlemen, if you do it, trust me, you will die. Don't ever grab her ass in public. (laughs) It's not a great thing, but I like that he has the confidence to do it. What turns you off? Uh, whining, actually. You know, when we fight or whatever, sometimes, even though he's perfect in every other way, sometimes he whines a little bit. And I'm like, no, stop. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> if you had the chance to not be a dom, say, for example, you decided, you know, I'm not going to do this, what would you want to do? Oh, wow, that's hard because I've never not wanted to be a dom. Probably an author. What would you write about? Domination. <laughs> would you do fiction or would you be doing nonfiction? I think, honestly, I would be doing training books. To try and straighten everybody out? Yes. And to try <laughs> to fix what, you know, a lot of the society has caused in our world. What you have seen lately. Exactly. Where do you see yourself in the next 20 years? Are you still going to be a dom? Are you still going to be doing this? Absolutely. Really? Oh, sure. I love it. I do, you, do you think you're going to grow old being a dom? Yes, I will have gray hair down to my ass, and I will be whipping somebody. A lot of the, the doms that I idolized when I was younger, they're still doing it, mm-hmm. and they're still kicking ass. There's a lot of mature doms out there, and I will tell you, the more mature the dom, the better the experience. And that's not because I'm an old bag. It's because it, it's just, they it makes sense. of experience. Exactly. Have, they know what they're doing. I'm 21 years experienced, not nearly as experienced as some of these women. And I'm telling mm-hmm. you, they are fabulous. They're unbelievable. Like I said, there's a reason why you keep seeing the same names. It's because they're good. Absolutely. If they weren't good, they wouldn't still be around. And there's a high demand for them ladies, too. What's Where? the naughtiest thing you've ever done? Oh, gosh. Just one? <laughs> Oh, no, I'll take them all. Um, <laughs> probably having sex in a state park out in the open. Ooh, do tell. Um, my fiancé and I went on vacation, and um, it was actually during the day, too. Thank God there was no families, but it was definitely an erotic experience. Out in the open. On the grass. Uh, the air on your body absolutely (laughs) sadly the grass was fresh cut so i just kept sneezing (laughs) oh no (laughs) that kind of ruins it when the allergies kick you know (laughs) but it was still fabulous yeah i'm just glad really the nicest thing you've ever done you haven't done anything worse have you ever broken a law oh well yeah (laughs) when i was younger i mean a, a lot of different things now i try to stay on the good side of law because uh I'm going to have law in the family. Oh, really? Yes. Does he have a law background? Uh, Yeah. Uh-oh. And not only just the background, but the name is actually famous for law. And they've been... Ah. Is he like a lawyer or a cop? Cops. All cops. Really? And very... You're surrounded by cops. Yes. That's... 
so cool. I'm sorry, but I, I have respect for cops. Well, lately I'm not too thrilled with no. them. but <laughs> of course not. Some of them the need to settle the fuck down, exactly. obviously. There's a lot of them that have issues, and I think a lot of that is post-traumatic stress. I think there's, you know, there's so much mental health Undiagnosed. issues. Unbelievable amount of mental health issues. Absolutely. Both with the police and in the public. Absolutely. I mean, look what happened on Wednesday. Uh, you know, and what I don't understand is that's the guy who deserved to be shot. You know what I mean? Like, you see you see certain people getting shot by police that really don't deserve it. That man just, he's not even a man. That monster should have been just shot. But once we do that, then we have chaos. And the problem is, and that's the reason why everything's going wrong with all these white cops knocking off blacks for no reason. Exactly. There's just so much... So much shit. It's today. imbalanced. It's it's completely imbalanced. I, I remember hearing recently a very poignant phrase, which was on the side of most cop cars, it says to serve and protect. Who are we protecting? Well, but at the same time, when was the last time when you see flashing lights in your rearview mirror that you felt protected? I don't feel protected anymore right. because of the imbalance. To me, they're not serving anymore. Now they're just, they've seemed to have gotten almost like too into their power. And it's not all cops. Understand, this is not all cops. There's tons of amazing cops out there, obviously. Like the saying is, one bad apple can ruin the bushel. But there's so many bad apples right now. What the hell? But the thing is, though, is I totally agree with the body cams. Make them wear them because you're going to weed them out, and then you're going to have to serve and protect again. So I don't know what the issue is. Get these people body cameras. If it's not in your budget, make it in your budget. Make it a priority. Find a way to do it somehow, exactly. some way, because this, you know, so and, and the whole thing with with whites trying to start race wars, I don't know, it, it, that's what I'm saying about mental illness. Obviously, this gentleman was completely fried. I mean, you can see that by looking at him. So you can't tell me, one, the parents didn't know that there was some serious mental illness issues, unless, of course, you're not parenting and you're not noticing your own child. But when you give a child, sorry, 21, still a child, guys, you can fight me all you want on that. 21 years old, your birthday, you give them a gun? Right. What the fuck is that? You're, what, is, you're what is going on? asking for issues. Did he, right? did the, you know, God. at 21, instead of a gun, maybe gun safety courses. Take him out for a drink. Get the fucker laid. Fuck the gun. Exactly. Like, it's ridiculous. He's 21. Get him drunk. I am not anti-gun. I am totally not anti-gun. I am anti-people who don't need the guns, having guns. And honestly, that is a family issue. If you notice somebody in your family is not all together and they have guns, check on them. And and preferably get them away. Or get them help. I mean, come on. You're with a cop now. That's scary. Well, he is not. Doesn't matter. You're in the family. In the family. Lots of cops in the family. So (laughs) the point is you could lose these people tomorrow, five minutes from now. For sure. Especially now because a lot of people are gunning down police. Exactly. Because now you've got paranoia on both sides. And that always just causes nothing. Paranoia equals disaster. Period. I'm bringing up gun control simply because, in my personal opinion, having lived on both sides of the border. Things have changed, obviously, enormously, and they should be for the years since I've been living there, living in the States. But the prevalence of guns in the United States is retarded. 
I don't the know facts. anybody who doesn't own a gun, myself included. And see, this this to me is ridiculous. And the fact that you can go and open up a bank account, get a gun. Um, what's the other one? If you come in, there was one I saw the other day. You get a gun if you come in and get your ultrasound, your baby's ultrasound. Oh, That's the kind of stuff that needs to stop. That is ridiculous. Like, what the hell? Oh, you got a clean record. You can get a gun. The guns are too easy to get down there. Up here, you can't get a handgun. Really? Sorry, guys. You can't get a handgun. You got to have permits up your asshole. Like, you can't. They know who has handguns. And that's, I think that's the difference. We all have guns. I got three rifles in my basement. But you don't have the gun violence that you do down there because you don't have the paranoia. It's weird, but it just is what it is. So we have a lot more criminal activity, I believe. You're going to have more violence because you have more people, but... I mean, if you look at the difference between, say, the city of Toronto and the city of, let's see, what would be comparable to Toronto? Buffalo. New, York? New York's way too big. Buffalo. Yeah. So, okay, you're talking, you're still talking such a massive difference between the number of gun deaths in Toronto and the number of gun deaths in Buffalo. We had in two killings in Buffalo. I'll, okay, I'm in Buffalo, people. <laughs> <laughs> I had, uh, we had two killings here, um, five shot just two days ago. And see, that doesn't happen here. Right. Why? Well, I, I'm only a few hours away from Toronto, so yeah. I, so you, know. you guys get the same news we do. When when you're in Toronto, you get Buffalo news all the time, and we get and sometimes Toronto get news. Detroit. <laughs> yeah, and you guys get Toronto. It's just it's because they're close in proximity. Right. You end up crossing borders and whatever. It's just the way it was. But look at the difference. Very close in proximity. Very but I still think news. it's the availability of guns. Absolutely. It's got to be the availability. Well, and not only that is. You know, now New York State has new gun rules, and you actually have to pass, I believe, a mental exam. About time. Well, you know, I took a mental exam because I'm very curious about things. The questions on this exam were oh, this should so, be good. They were so retarded. Have you flown over the Atlantic Ocean ten times? And I'm thinking, well, of course I have. And then in small print it says without a plane, and I'm like, uh, what? Exactly. Oh, this is ridiculous. Okay, so if I flew over the Atlantic ten times without a plane. Does that disqualify me from owning a gun? <laughs> well, I guess maybe. I would hope so. Well, if you're flying over the Atlantic with no plane. Well, listen, no. I you checked, had some good drugs, my friend. I checked I had because I was curious, and I still got my permit. You did? Yeah. Really? Yes. Oh, that's bad. Well, because So then, obviously, these mental checks, they don't even look at them. They don't. It's just a, I swear it's just a proximity thing or, or just to appease people. Wow. I'm so glad my that's real so name cool. isn't out here. No shit. <laughs> and, guys, understand that you go, well, why don't you use your real name? I mean, I do because I'm not doing as much as what the other girls are doing. But It's for safety. You can't, exactly. You can't expect these ladies to use all their real information. My God, I I've had so many people on the show with horror stories of stalkers and, you know, guys going a little bit off the edge because, again, the biggest focus of all of what's going on mental right illness. now is mental health, my friend. Uh, a woman was just dismembered 20 minutes away from me, people. This is not a safe world we live in. <laughs> and it's more coming from this whole problem that we have with mental health. It's being discarded. It's being shoved under the carpet. People are not getting help. People are not people don't know what to recognize. Okay, my my neighbor's a little bit screwy. What do I do? There's nothing in place for that. Well, and because technically you can't go, okay, well this guy's completely off the wall. It's against his rights for just, you know, this guy's off the wall. What are you going to do with him? 
the, you can't arrest the him. The thing is, though, is that a lot of people do realize that they're not quite right, but they believe that they'll have a stigma attached to them because mental yep. illness is a huge stigma. Well, that's the thing is the ones who are getting help usually are the ones that don't need it as much. And the ones who aren't getting help need don't it feel the they need it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and they do need it. I think it would be healthy if every single person saw a therapist at least once in their lifetime. And I think if you're working any of the high stress jobs, such as police, fire, ambulance, anything where you are seeing horror all day long, it should be mandatory Absolutely. because that's hard. Because you will, after a while, sorry guys, you will get trigger happy. You will get scared. You will get paranoid because that's a natural progression with post-traumatic stress. And a lot of people don't understand what PTSD is. It can happen. And just because it doesn't seem as traumatic as some other event, you can't compare your trauma to somebody else's trauma. That's very true because we all react differently. Exactly. And we all have different brain chemistry. And you all have different breaking points. Absolutely. And I, being a dom, actually see a therapist because... It is. I think it's healthy. It I think you need to offload. You do. You know, I, I don't talk about my sessions a lot, but there are certain things that uh, dominators do. Like, I, I will admit this. I had my first branding session. And did it bug you? It did. It really yep. did. The smell of burning flesh is yep. the most disgusting thing. I actually got nauseous, and this is the last time I will brand. Um, maybe I should have mentioned that earlier. I will not be branding anymore. Uh, there is this new thing called cold branding. I am looking into it. It's not supposed to smell and it's supposed to be better. Uh, now, branding, I only do uh, the sub that I actually branded, I have had for 16 years. So this is something that you do not take lightly because it is absolutely permanent. But this session actually bothered me. The smell, the actual doing it, it is not a comfortable thing to brand somebody. The other thing is you're also looking at an emotional break on that. And the emotional break on that is we are taught when we are very small, most of us, that you're not supposed to hurt another person. Exactly. So sometimes, even though we're doing this and you are in positions of causing pain, it can start to screw with your head. And I think it's very good for Go and see a shrink. There's nothing wrong with going to see. Call me. That's what I'm here for. I mean, I, there's nothing. Honestly, that's what 99.9% .9 of what I do is dealing with submissive men and the things that they go through. Because you come up with weird things. You can be in situations where it triggers a memory from your past. It can trigger an abusive memory. You'd be surprised at what can happen. Cuckolding. Cuckolding can bring up really strange things. When you first see your wife getting fucked. You'd be surprised at some of the things that will come up from that. Oh, I can only imagine. I just wish I could get everybody to understand that, one, it's okay. I've gone to a shrink most of my life. Um, I suffer from PTSD. It is what it is. It is just human Let it go. Nature. It's fine. Exactly. Because we're fragile. And I think where a lot of the mental illness is coming from is we are desensitized about violence now. Kids, very young age, are playing some of the most violent video games, and you guys can sit there and tell me that it doesn't have an effect and you're blue in the face. I can tell you does. you're wrong. <laughs> you're desensitizing does. that child. It's the reason why a 21-year-old can take a gun, walk into a church, and blow everybody away. That's why, yep. right there. Because they've been practicing since they're like five, six, and seven. A human brain is a programmable thing. Yep. And when you sit and play these violent video games day after day for hours upon hours, 
And they do. You don't. It's not occasional. You do desensitize yourself. So when you walk across like a dead animal on the side of the road or certain things, you don't get emotional as people used to before these Mm -hmm. video games and stuff. My childhood was absolutely different than anybody these days. We didn't have helmets. We didn't have click it or ticket. We didn't have the video games. And we are a different breed. Because look at the age of a lot of these shootings. Look at the age of the people that's happening. It's usually teenage, early 20s. And another thing that you guys have to understand when it comes to physiology in the human brain, the human brain does not mature until at least the age of 22. I thought it was 25. So you actually could be, you're probably right. It's probably closer to 25. But there is a portion of the brain, and the portion of the brain is the one that, and and this is why you'll see especially young men, because young men, obviously, their brains mature much slower. It's that portion of the brain that allows you to go, well, if I do this, it's consequence. If I do this, then this will happen. It's not there. Right. So remember that. That's the reason why you see things like Jackass and, and shows like that where you, or World's Stupidest People and whatever. You'll find most of them are male, and I'm not doing that to put males down. I'm just – it's a actual thing that happens, and it's because they cannot put that together. So when you go, how can you be so freaking stupid as to be on a mattress on top of a car and think you're going to go surfing? It's because they can't physically make the connection to consequence. Women are more self-preservative. Like, they, they want to preserve themselves. And this is why you don't see a lot of women doing these things, because we want to stay pretty. Because we know <laughs> we know the consequences of facial road rash. <laughs> exactly. And it's usually death, by the way. Exactly. If you're and, and mattress surf, it doesn't work, and you do blow off and die. I actually um, learned that from a coroner. She said most of what she sees when it comes to accidents are all young males. Oh, my goodness. And that's what that is. Accidental death a lot of times are young males. You can sit there and go, well, it's a video game. You're not getting it. The brain can't make the correlation between what's real and what isn't. Hello, that's your subconscious. That's the basis of hypnosis. And I just got certified in hypnosis. Yay. Oh, good girl. Way to go. So you going to do hypnosis sessions too? Oh, Way for sure. <laughs> Well, keep your doors and windows locked because if the serial killer isn't coming to get you, Zola's going to come and get you. Yes, absolutely. I'm on my way, people. (laughs) That's right. So we'll get off the the morbid and get on to the fact that we love you. We are so glad you're back in the game. Honestly, if you want to talk to Zola at any time, we're going to have all that information. As I always tell you, it's on InBedWithDrSue.com on her show page. All the links to Zola are right there. You can get in touch with her. Thank you, Zola, for being on the show. I appreciate it beyond anything you can imagine. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great time. Now you can see what I mean. We got off topic, but I think it shows just how level-headed she is to play with, boys. So go to Mistress Zola's show page on InBedWithDrSue.com and be sure to get in touch with her. But tell her you heard it right here on In Bed with Dr. Sue. Thanks again for listening. And until the next Summer of Domination show, have fun, but be safe. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.